Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I remember a song from a long time ago, and uh, I, oh, I remember part of it. I remember the simple chorus, and it uh, the words went something like this. When I think of your goodness and what you've done for me, when I think of your goodness, how, you, how you've set me free, I'm going to, and then the, you would fill in different words, like shout and dance and that kind of stuff, and then all night. <laughs> Some, anybody know that song? Wave your hand if you, a handful of you all across. Uh, the rest of you, giddy up. All right, it was a while ago, and I don't think we've ever done that song here. Uh, not until tonight, anyway. <laughs> but it was one of those songs that, you know, the beat helped it, too. But the words, you know, are, are, are good faith words. Whether, I mean, sometimes you feel like it, sometimes you don't. <laughs> I didn't say sometimes you feel like a nut. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel like, uh, you know, glad. Sometimes you feel like happy, feel like shouting, feel like, you know. And sometimes you don't, right? And that's true for probably the most spiritual among us. Not every day, not at all times do you feel like that. Uh, but sometimes uh, it's, it's a good idea to act like you feel it even though you don't. Amen. It's, to, it's called taking the step of faith. It's having faith, more faith in God's uh, victory, in His in His joy in you, than you have faith in how you feel or what's on the outside. Amen. Amen. And today being a day, I say the day, not today, Wednesday, but the day in which we live being a time when, when so many people are sad and, and, and more and more people are down. And more and more people are without hope. And uh, it's a day that we need this kind of activity more and more. In other words, you should be personally skilled at stirring up good things from the inside. Stirring up joy, stirring up strength, drawing from the well deep within. Huh? That well that never runs dry because the Spirit of God is on the inside. You need to learn how to tap in. Amen. Because sometimes we need to go in when there's nothing out. I'm just not feeling it today. So? And I know that feels rude when you're really not feeling it. It's like, well, you don't understand. No, I do understand. That's why I'm getting in your face. Because we've all been there, right? And, uh, and sometimes when you don't feel like you've got it, that's the time to say, I've got it. That's the time to say, hallelujah, God is good to me today. When everything's falling apart. Oh, thank you, Lord. You are good to me today. Every day and all the time, you're good to me. You are working in my life. You are faithful to your promise. You're working in my life today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, how many know, if you feel like saying that, then go ahead. That's always a good thing. But if you don't, that's when you need to. Amen. Now, praise God. Let's just, let's just wait for a moment. Father, thank you for working in. <laughs> thank you for working in us tonight. Thank you for helping us by your spirit to think right, to do right, to say right. Thank you, Lord, for helping us 
each and every one of us from the inside out. Lord, we speak, we sing, we shout. Lord, we worship you. <laughs> we give you the praise and glory. But we acknowledge every good thing that's in us all the time. Thank you, Lord, that you're always on. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. Thank you, Lord. We believe you are so good to us here, <laughs> here today, right now. Amen. Say it out loud. I believe, I believe. that God, God in me is good to me. He is good to me in my life. Right here, right now, He is pouring out His goodness in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sometimes uh, when a person needs something on the outside, it becomes... Uh, abundantly necessary for them to first get it on the inside. Yeah, so many times we think if we have a uh, a problem, whether that you know whatever that might be, if we have a challenge, an obstacle, uh, an attack, whatever you want to call it, on the outside, we think I need God to fix my outside. I need. The financial problem fixed. I need the job situation fixed. I need whatever it is. You know, I need, I need God to intervene out here. Because if, if this is fixed out here, if everything out here is turned around and straightened up like it's supposed to be, then what? Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be better. Then my life will be good. If that, gets taken care of. But what if that being taken care of is hinged on this being taken care of? What if it can never fully be, uh, you know, repaired and, and, and rightly arranged on the outside until I get certain, uh, certain elements of God working on the inside of me? Amen, amen. Sometimes I just need a healing. Well, I don't doubt it. You need a healing where? Well, in my body. Okay, good. But maybe you need a healing on the inside. And I say that in a figurative sense. Maybe you need to get your, your bodily healing in your heart. Because when that healing is in you inside then it has no problem manifesting outside. Someone said, well, just put that anointing on me. I get it, I get it, that's real, that's powerful. But what about that anointing that works in you? That You know, that anointing, that spirit you carry with you everywhere you go. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let's, uh, if you would, let's take a minute, and we'll see where this goes. Everybody open for flexibility here? Everyone's ultra yielding and super yield mode coming into this service, going anywhere at any time. Uh, you, uh, turn with me. You may be familiar with this. Maybe, you're, maybe not. Many of you probably are. It's, it's 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel and chapter 30. 
1 Samuel chapter 30. And I, I want to just read a few, the first few verses. Few meaning six. Well, didn't Peter say, Peter called a few eight. I always think of a few as three. You know, a couple is two, a few is three. But uh, but a few, that is, didn't Peter say when, you know, when Noah and his family were saved that a few, that is eight? So I guess Peter thought it was eight. And I guess the Lord agreed with him because it got in the book. But let's just go with six. Verse one. <laughs> First Samuel chapter 30 and verse 1. And by the way, it's okay to smile in church. In fact, if you don't, if you don't smile at all or laugh ever in here, you are out of order. You are so irreverent and disrespectful to the joy spirit, <laughs> the spirit of God who's happy, wants to be happy in you. Amen. All right, now it happened. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great, they did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. Now, they didn't not kill them, by the way, because they were like feeling merciful and compassionate. They didn't kill them because all the men were gone. And that was what they did. If the men were there, they would kill the men and then take the women and children as slaves. And I imagine probably ladies, you know, probably gets pretty scary at this point. When these brutal armies are just taking you away and your kids away. And so uh, we read it and we just see the text. And it's like, okay, yeah, that happened. Try to put yourself in, this, in the scenario. It's pretty, pretty brutal what's going on here. So David and his men came to the city. And there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. Okay, now, now is this a good day or a bad day? Would you consider this kind of one of the... Okay, now, now what's going through the mind of David and his men? I mean, probably the worst. Could you imagine? Your mind, does, doesn't it do that? Goes to the worst. What has happened? Are they dead? Are they, you know, being abused? Are they being tortured? I mean, what? It, bad news. I mean, you're probably playing out. Worst scenario, David and his guys come back and their families are gone. And the city's on fire. Oh. Okay. Then David and the people who were with him, lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Okay, now by the way, these are tough guys. These are soldiers. These are, you know, when these guys are crying, you got a reason to cry. (laughs) When these guys are weeping all day, uh, this is bad, right? And David's two wives, that's kind of another subject, so I just, I don't recommend that. But guys, say it out loud. One wife is enough. All right. All right. And David's two wives, I hate it when they put that right in the middle of my story. It's like off the point, but I have to read it to read the whole thing. I'd rather just skip over it so I don't have to address it. Anyway, Ahinoam, 
the Jezreelitess and Abigail, now you know their names, uh, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. All right. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him. And you understand, David's the leader, and this just happened. David, you're in charge, and under your command, look what happened. Right? And what do you do? Attack the leader. <laughs> Attack him. So he's got double pressure. He's got not only the fact that his family's gone, he's got the burden and responsibility of truly he's in charge and everything fell apart under his, under his tenure there. And, uh, and then add, add to that, now everyone's mad at you and they have rocks in their hands. And they lived in a day and a time when that was one of the things that happened. Sometimes everyone throws rocks at your head. Yeah. It's called stoning. Because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. All right. And so you know that's... I said, Did I tell you I was only going to read six? I meant a few. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, when you get to that point, everyone's in a very bad state. Everyone's in a very low position. Um, it's interesting what David did here. Uh, why did he strengthen himself? And, you know, uh, other translations will use the word encourage there. He encouraged or he strengthened himself. Why did he do that to himself? Well, one reason is because no one else is going to. And he's at a turning point in his life right here. Everything has gone south. Everything is going the wrong way. He is beat up, you know, on the inside. He is taking a royal beating for what he has done. Has he failed? What did he do wrong? Did he miss God? Why is everyone against him? Is, you know, his closest friends are all turning against him. He's in a bad situation, all right? What do many people do right here? Well, they don't strengthen themselves. They give up. They quit. They throw in the towel. They're overcome by the situation. They say, I can't handle it anymore. I can't deal with this. This is just more than I can, I can deal with. And maybe they make decisions in life that are uh, life-ending. Maybe they make decisions in life that are just, you know, where they're going to, add in our day, add substance to their life. They're going to get drunk. They're going to take, they're going to do some wild behavior because that's the only way they can survive is they have to medicate their pain, their internal battle and struggle. And, uh, but, but it's interesting. We have this story and we have lots of stories about a guy named David because he didn't, uh, cave in here. Because he didn't fold. He didn't cave. He didn't give in to the pressure. He didn't throw in the towel. He strengthened himself. And, 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 and likewise, it is also necessary uh, in our lives, there are times when we need to strengthen ourselves. I mean, if you've got someone else that will help out, good for you, go ahead and take advantage of that. But sometimes you don't. Right? Sometimes you don't have anyone else. No one's encouraging you. No one even might even know what's, what's going on on the inside of you. And if you don't know how, number one, and then number two, if you don't actually do it, what happens if you don't strengthen yourself? You remain weak. If you are weak, you are vulnerable. Yeah? If you are weak, you're not able to carry on. And, and, and the idea of, of uh, overcoming or retrieving what's been lost is not even on the table when you're weak. When you are discouraged, worn out, 
and weak from the inside, there is no way you are going to get back what's been stolen from you. There's no way you're going to get the healing. There's no way you're going to get the victory. There's no way you're going to overcome the financial problem or the relational issue. You've got to get strong on the inside first. Amen. Well, I'm just praying to the people pray for me for my healing. Stop for a moment. You're going too fast. Pray that the Lord will bring back the things that I've lost. Stop. You're going too fast. You need to get strong inside. Amen. This, this is a necessary step. Here's what's interesting. If you go on and read verse 7, it reads, Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Amalek's son, Please bring me... Uh, bring the ephod to me. Now, the, you know, the linen ephod became what all the priests wore and so forth. So, and he said, and Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I uh, pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And, and so now I've read a few verses. Uh, now, without reading the rest, what happens is they go and they find this guy who was a part of that army and so forth. He tells them where they are and they go and they mess them up. And they, they clean their clocks and they get all their stuff back and their families back and everything is restored to what they had before. And, and so it's interesting to me the sequence of events here. How when David was attacked and his life was basically over, I mean, this is the worst day you could imagine. He didn't first pray for, uh, uh, pray that God would restore what they lost. He didn't immediately hit his knees and say, Lord, you got to help us here. You got to show us where our, where our, our families are. You got to help us. Uh, give. He didn't immediately say, Lord, should we go after him? Should we go attack? Should we go try to pursue them? Notice he didn't do that. What did he do first? First he worked on himself. Before he prayed, before he sought the Lord for guidance, he worked on himself. And sometimes I think we're just jumping to the outside because we think my inside is contingent upon my outside. No, your inside is contingent upon your inside. Your inside needs repaired, I need strengthened, I need encouraged, and I must deal with me before I can deal with anything outside of me. Amen. It's called building yourself up in the Word. It's called meditating in the promises. It's called speaking out God's, God's Word. Amen. Amen. I know a couple weeks ago, or last week, or whenever that was, uh, we were talking about hungering and desiring after spiritual things. I know Pastor Mickey was speaking to the students in, the, in, in, in class about schooling themselves into a hunger. You know, if you're not really hungry for God, you can act like you are. <laughs> and you can say, Lord, I'm hungry for you. I'm desirous of more. I have a, I, you're working in me and I'm hungry after the things of God more than the things of anything else. And you can keep speaking and, and, and speaking to the Lord that way. What happens is what you're saying, He, he grabs hold of that in you and works it. Amen. And you come out of there uh, in a place that you want to be even though you weren't there. And you can do this regards to, in regards to strength and encouragement. You can just begin to say, Lord, thank you that I'm strong in you. Your, your life is in me. Your joy is in me. Your divine ability is working in me. Amen. 
Or as the old song, your life and your nature and His ability is working in me. <laughs> Got the life of God in me. And you, you just, what are you doing? You're thanking Him. You're speaking it out. You're declaring it by faith. And while you're doing it, you are getting prepared to now seek the Lord and say, now what should I do? Instead of just jumping quick to, quick to, what do I do? Then it's a begging. Then it's a pleading. Then it's just a, it's coming from a weak position. Not a position of confidence or trust in God. It's just, it, you're desperate. And I know a lot of people preach desperation. I don't preach desperation. I, I don't think that's the position we come from. Alright? Uh, I've already received the Lord. He's on my side. So anyway, that's a separate message. Uh, but you, I don't want to, I don't want to speak from that position. I want to speak and pray from a position of confidence. From a position of, I believe you. I believe you can. I believe you will. And you working in me, come on, we can overcome. So he first got, he took some time with himself. He built himself up. Maybe we should do that. Maybe you should spend some time speaking the word again and 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 again. And just make some time. Thank you, Lord, for it. And speak the word. Declare it over yourself, over your situation. Get strong in here. And when you're, when you're, when you're locked and loaded, now you're ready to pull the trigger. Huh? Now you, now you are ready to release your faith into the situation. Now you're ready to seek God for direction and for answers because you know now, man, my God is bigger than this. We've got this. He and I together are, my average goes way up. You know, Uh, when I'm working with Him and I know He's big in me. Amen. And so you laugh when you feel sad. You smile when you don't want to. You rejoice a little bit when you feel like crying. And you're not doing anything else. You're not being fake or phony. You're right being open and honest before God. You're saying, I'm not going to put up with the way I feel. I am not going to be defeated and I will not quit. I will stand and, and trust you. It's a decision we make. Is it hard? Sometimes it really is. At the beginning, it is hard to do that because you don't want to. You don't feel like doing it. But if you're ever going to get the family back, you have to get strong first. Amen. It's, it's, it's kind of like when, uh, you know, Mac, when we, we, we talk about, uh, you know, reaching the world and helping, we help other churches to do better and, and grow and so forth. You know, it's the idea of if you have a bad church... <laughs> Maybe wouldn't say it that way. Some bad systems. You don't want to advertise. You know, you know, it's kind of like if everyone in your church is grumpy, and no one serves, no one gives. They're all just kind of selfish and critical. You don't want to advertise. <laughs> Why? Because you're going to expose what you're doing to the masses. They're all going to come in, and you missed your one chance. Right. Same thing is true in business. If you have a, a, a bad-tasting burger, don't send out coupons. Because <laughs> right? they're going to taste your burger and you're done with that person probably forever. Right? Hey, man, how'd I get off on that? <laughs> I'm sure that fits somewhere. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. And so we got to get we got to get strong on the inside. We've got to get encouraged on the inside before you fire the shot. 
before. But David did that. First he strengthened himself. Then he sought the Lord. Then he was in a position. How many know if you don't do that, you're probably not in a position to even hear from God. See, when I'm in, when I'm in absolute despair, when I am down and out, and I'm asking the Lord for direction for my life, I'm just so clouded. It's so blurry. Everything's so noisy. It's, it's dark. It's heavy. I need to get loosened up a little bit. Amen. And shout a little bit. And rejoice and smile and laugh even though I don't feel like it. Amen. If you need help with, the, with music, use it then. You turn on the music. But whatever you need to do, get your spirit up. Get your strength back. Amen. And when you're in a good place, then say, Lord, you're strong. You're mighty. What should I do? What should I do about this? I need your wisdom too. I trust you now. I'm in a position where I believe you. Give me some direction. So what did he do? Number one, he strengthened himself. Number two, what did he do? Then he sought the Lord. And number three, then he did what the Lord said. Then he went up, then he got up and acted. He acted, he went out, and they retrieved everything that uh, was taken from him. Amen. Amen. Look, say, so what did David do? How did he strengthen himself? You know, lift weights a little bit? What, did, what, what was he doing there? Well, it doesn't tell us here exactly what he did, but one good thing about the stories of David is he, you know, was kind of an open book when he started writing psalms. And you can kind of see this wasn't, I mean, this was unique for sure, but it wasn't the only time he dealt with hardship and difficulty. And you can see through many of the psalms, he was talking to the Lord about it. And he was writing about it and apparently singing about it. Look, for example... Uh, uh, in Psalm Psalm 27. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Come on, say, He is good. He is good to me. Every day and all the time. He's always on my mind. Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh and my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Amen. Amen. Let's re- keep reading a little bit more. I'm sorry, I'm reading ahead because <laughs> I didn't, you know, prepare all this. Uh, Though an army, army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Isn't that a good word? Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek. That, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. So this is just an example. You can use some of David's psalms and just speak them and say, I will not be afraid. I will not fear. I will not be taken down. I will not go under. I will not be afraid. Amen. Look over at... Uh, Chapter 40, Psalm 40, 
Let's re read there, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. And you can keep reading. There's so many good things. But these are examples of sometimes ways that we can school ourselves back into a position of victory inwardly. If you get the victory on the inside, it's only a matter of time until you have the victory on the outside. Amen, amen. You can pray and you can have people lay hands on you until all your hair is gone and, and do all kinds of stuff on the outside but if inwardly you're still, you know, consumed with fear and doubt and anguish and sorrow, it's hard to receive any help from the outside. But if we can change the inward parts of us, amen. By, how? Well, reading things like this, singing them, saying them, declaring them, make bold, confident statements, amen. Amen. If you're not used to doing that, you might feel like, well, I'm saying something I don't even know if it's true. If you can find a scripture on it, there you go. It's true. It's true. You may not be in alignment with it yet. Your thoughts might be contrary to it, but it's true. Uh, let me show you another one. Look over at, well, you know this one. Go, go to Philippians. Big right turn. Philippians, New Testament. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, amen. And uh, uh, Philippians chapter 4, um, you familiar with verse 13? A lot of Christians are. Uh, Philippians 4.13 reads, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I want you to notice, you may have heard me say this before, but it's worthy of saying again. It was good the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, and this time. The, the Scripture did not say there that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Did it? It's a trick question here. No. Paul wrote this to the Christians in Philippi. He said, I can do all three things through Christ who strengthens me. He didn't say, you could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I know, I just messed up the bumper sticker, the window sticker, the t-shirt. So you saying, I can't do all things through Christ? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying Paul didn't say that. He didn't say you could. <laughs> say are you saying I can't no I'm not saying you can I'm saying Paul said he could what say you huh does that automatically mean you can do all things no it depends what you say and even Paul when you read the context there it says he learned that how to be in that state I've 
learned how to be abased. I've learned how to abound. He's saying, I've gone through some bad things. I've gone through some good things. I've, gone, I've been in a lot of different situations. And he said, I have learned this. I have, I, I, in other words, I wasn't automatically there. I have come to this place. And you know what? He's basically saying, through Christ, I can handle anything now. I can handle anything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. I've seen a lot of people in life who are not doing all things, and they are not operating in the strength of Christ. What do they need to do? This could be an idea. They could say this until it's true. <laughs> what do you mean it's true? Until it's true in them. Till they really believe, I can do this. Yeah, but I've, I just lost my, I just lost everything. But can you do all things through Christ who strengthens you? And if you can say that about your life, then you're in a position and nothing can stop you. But sometimes we're not really there. We're honestly, you know, was David there? I mean, I know Christ wasn't there yet. But was David there? He wasn't, but he got himself there. He was defeated. He was down. He was crying. He was, it was a bad situation. If you've been there, you're in good company. Some other people have been hit pretty good too. But he got himself there. And I want to get to a place, and I want to live in a place where I can say, you know, I know how to, I know how to handle things when they're good. And I know how to handle things when they're bad. Through the strength of Christ in me, I can do anything. Amen. Amen. So say it with me. Now, you, have, you can't just say this. You've got to believe it when you say it. Say, I can, I can do, all do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. Strengthens say, I believe, I believe that Christ, Christ in, me in me gives me strength, gives me strength. and that strength, that strength enables me, enables me to, handle to handle anything that comes my way. I will, I will overcome. In every situation, at all times, because Christ lives in me. His strength abides in me. I am able, by His power, to overcome. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would it be okay to speak the Word? To say what God says? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be okay to say it again and again. What if you took, what if you, took uh, you know, 15 minutes and said that by yourself and you just kind of said what I said there in different ways and just kind of say it again and again and again and, and, and thank the Lord, thank you, Lord, I believe this and say it again and again and again. Would that help you or hurt you? Amen. Now, people don't know. They think, what are you trying to do, manipulate God? No, I'm honoring Him. I'm taking His Word and applying it to my life. You trying to make God do something? Listen, God wanted, if God didn't want to help you, we wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't even, th- we wouldn't even be thinking about this. He loved us while we were unlovable. Right? He gave His best before we asked. We are coming into what He has provided. Amen, amen. Look at, look at Philemon. You know where Philemon is? Right before... Hebrews. I didn't think I'd talk this long, but, you know, it's working out okay. (laughs) That is, if you're in a better mood. If you're like, 
eh. <laughs> then it's not working yet. <laughs> Philemon is just a one page, one pager, one chapter. And uh, Philemon wrote in verse 4, he said, I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers, hearing of your love and faith which you have towards the Lord Jesus and towards all the saints, that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. And so notice the language there. How does one become effective in speaking or sharing or using faith? It becomes effective by acknowledgement of good things which are in us in Christ. In other words, there, if you're in Christ, good things are in you. You see that? In Christ, I am full of good things. But just because... I have good things in me in Christ does not necessarily mean that I am benefiting from those good things. What's the, what's the kicker? What's the key? Acknowledgement. If I will acknowledge those good things, then it has an, an, an impact on my life. Then I become effective. Amen. So what we've been schooled at in society, what we've learned from the culture around us, is to acknowledge bad things. And it's a regular common practice for people to acknowledge negative things. What? Right? I mean, what kind of news is, is, gets the most attention? Bad news, negative news, shocking, horrible things. And everyone tunes in. Right? What, have, what kind of stories do people often tell when they get together for lunch and, and the ladies call each other and say, well, not you ladies, but you know. <laughs> Those gossipers, you know. What is what often comes up? Negative stuff. Do you hear what happened to so and so? Do you hear what this person did? Oh. Do you know so and so? Their husband left them. You know? Do you hear about this? Oh, they did this. And and often we become just quite comfortable with acknowledging and sharing negative things. What should we do? Well, we become effective in sharing our faith when we acknowledge every good thing that is in us in Christ. Amen. I'm not talking about not taking responsibility for negative things that we have been a part of. I'm not talking about not confessing to the Lord when we do wrong. I am talking just as a, a normal basis, as an ongoing, like 99% of the time. What do we do? We acknowledge good things in Christ. Who we are in Him, what we have in Him. Things like, I can overcome because of Christ's strength in me. I can do all things. He's, amen. Amen. Things like, like even what David said, before Christ, I will not fear. I will not be afraid. The Lord is my shepherd. He, Lord, is my helper. The Lord, amen. And we begin to declare those things again and again and again and again. Until the sting of the fire. Until the zap of ziplag. <laughs> Uh, its impact upon your soul and your 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 discur until it no longer affects you and all of a sudden you're up you're strengthened inwardly all right now let's pray now let's pray in faith now what lord time to go get them back let's do this and think about it how did david even motivate the rest of his army to go with him 
A minute ago, they wanted to kill him. They wanted to stone him. They, they were mad at him, and maybe rightfully so. He's their leader. They're upset with him. And now they're following him into battle. Amazing what can happen when you get strong. Hey Amen. I wonder what I wonder what can happen in families. When someone says, you know, I'm going to take responsibility for this and I'm going to get strong myself. I'm going to be encouraged in the Lord. I'm going to be an I can do all things through Christ type of person like Paul was. If someone will do it, I bet you a bunch of other people will follow. Amen. Well, my family won't listen to me. Maybe you need to get up. You know, maybe you need to get strengthened. Maybe you need to raise your game. Just a thought. If David got those guys to turn around and follow him, I don't know, what could you do? Well, the people I work with, they are horrible. You might be right. But what if you got stronger? What if you got to a place where, you know, people's insults and all their negativity just kind of rolled off you? Amen. Praise God. What if you got so full of joy that it just beamed out of you? People thought you were on something. What's up with you? You're different. What's going on? Did you get a girlfriend? <laughs> What's happening in your life? Well, just the joy of the Lord's my strength. Amen. Is the, is the joy of the Lord your strength? Praise God. What can you acknowledge that is in you that's good in Christ? Do it. Do it. You, want to, you know what I mean when I say acknowledge? Say it. Think about it. Say it out loud. And then do it again. Acknowledge it in the face of defeat, in the face of sadness. Acknowledge the good that you have in Christ. Amen, amen. Praise God. Why don't you stand for a minute? Hallelujah. Let's, uh, let's, let's just do this. Can, you, let's, can we do this uh, kind of self-guided for a few minutes? Meaning, you know your life, your situation. You, know, you may know what deficits you have on the inside. And you can say the opposite. Replace sadness with joy. Replace weakness with strength. Replace fear with faith and love. Replace, you know, loneliness with with you're my comforter. You're my companion. What what, what might be the... Replace hurt, even if it's emotional hurt, with healing. Amen. Say the opposite. There's a verse for every one of those, you know. If you know them, use them. If not, go on God's character for for the moment. The character of God, which covers all these things. Praise God. If you're sad, smile while you say it. I don't feel like smiling. I know. That's why we're talking about this. That's why God put me in your life. <laughs> so I could challenge your ugly... Sorry. Your, your sad countenance. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen. 
Let's uh, 